Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. This week we have Shauna joining us and we are going to have a chat about everything minimalism Shauna describes herself as the nonstop shopper turned persistent declutterer. She's a practicing minimalist, although refers to her lifestyle as more minimalish rather than minimalist. She's a blog writer, a declutter coach, and owner of Practically Minimal, where she shares her journey to a life with less and inspires others to do the same. Today, Shauna's here with me to discuss what inspired her to be living this minimalish life and what she's found the benefits to be. And I'm also going to ask her a few of the steps she took to get there. So welcome to the show, Shauna. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I want to jump straight in because I've got about a million questions for you. But I want to go way back first, before you became minimalish and before your business of Practically Minimal started, You've said that you were a shopaholic. So I want to know how long ago was this other life that you were living? And can you paint a bit of a picture for us of what it looked like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've definitely done, you know, a 180 since then. Um, My life was a lot different then than it is now. Um, I would say that my good shopping habit um, started to taper off maybe five or six years ago. But I mean, I lived that way for like at least a decade. I mean, kind of going back and thinking back to my life at that time, I mean, I was on sort of like a career path that didn't really fit me or my personality. Um, I was in the the staffing and recruitment industry, which is like a a really, you know, sales oriented, um, fast paced kind of competitive industry. And I know now that's not really my nature, but at the time I I really wanted it to be. So it was also, you know, kind of a time where I was placing a lot of value on like external things or um, like material things. So for me, I think what that sort of translated into was, you know, what I was wearing. So um, my shopping habit was, was mostly clothing. Um, and like the more, like the nicer, more expensive clothes, the better. Um, and I was really doing it just, you know, to, to kind of make myself feel more confident when, you know, kind of the path I was taking, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't a fit for me. So I wasn't kind of getting confidence in that way, but you know, what it looked like, I guess, on like a daily basis, like I would need, you know, new clothes for any kind of occasion, whether I was going out to say like a concert or I had a meeting with a client or even if it was like Christmas dinner, you know, I would need a new outfit for that. Mm-hmm. I also like, you know, kind of like love the glory of it in a way. Like I love to go into my favorite stores and um, like have them know me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's something about that. I get that same kick out of my local coffee shop now, but I remember I was very similar when I was younger. There's something, I don't know, it feels prestigious or something that they would know you or know you by name when you walk into a clothes store. Exactly. You feel kind of fancy, Mm. (laughs) you know, so I I really um, fed off of that back then. And I was in my, um, for the most part, in my 20s when that was going on. So 
um, just to kind of give you some context there <laughs> of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of why I, I kind of fell into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a pattern that I had for, for a really long time. And for a long time, I thought it was actually working for me. Like I didn't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it just kind of kept going and getting bigger and bigger until, uh, you know, finally I, I saw the light eventually. <laughs> so what was the Actually, before I ask you what the catalyst was like, if you're buying all these clothes, and I'm guessing you weren't great at purging, were your closets overstuffed? Had they spilled out into other spaces in your house or your room? Or did you have clothes living on the chair in the corner because there was enough space? Or did you manage to cram everything in? Oh, it was awful. I had stuff everywhere. And I was late for everything because of that. So yeah, I had clothes everywhere like I did by the end of it by the time and this is actually kind of is what my catalyst was I had two walk-in closets both like overflowing overstuffed with clothes wow Um, yeah which and you know what when we grow up as young girls so many of us that's the dream like we watch the movie Clueless and we want that spinning wardrobe with all the possible combinations it's almost this thing that we aspire to so you you know you achieved that and yet it's still it doesn't have that fulfilling nature that you're expecting you know we we aspire to it but it doesn't um meet our needs like we think it might yeah I love that you said that because you're right it, it was kind of the dream you know Um, I mean, the reality wasn't like the movie, that's for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, part of it too, like when I actually go into the stores, you know, you see how the clothes are displayed, like they're all, you know, kind of so perfect and you just want that wardrobe for yourself. You want all of it. But the reality is when you take it home and you're like adding it to all the other stuff that you felt the same way about a few weeks ago or a few months ago or, or a few years ago for some people, it just doesn't look like that. So you can never really achieve kind of that, uh, you know, that goal or that, uh, that dream. Mm-hmm. So on goes the, the spiral. So you had all this stuff, you were like drowning in it practically, and you decided to change. So did you just say, I'm going to clear out my closet? Or did you have a vision to become a minimalist from the outset? How did it, how did it kind of evolve for you? I, yeah, no, I definitely didn't have a vision about being a minimalist at first. That's for sure. Um, You know what? It just, it started just from pure frustration. Um, You know, it, I'd been kind of working up to it and sort of starting to kind of realize that this was becoming a problem for, you know, probably maybe a year or so before that, but not actually doing anything about it or changing anything. But I just, you know, I finally kind of got to my boiling point and I just that frustration just kind of caught up with me. And I just decided like one weekend, that's enough. You know, I need to take care of this. This isn't serving me anymore. Like this is a huge mess. And it really doesn't need to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I took that entire weekend and I just worked on those closets. And, yeah, I just kind of like I I mean, looking back, I probably got rid of, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 percent of the stuff in there, which was a lot of stuff and a big deal for me at the time. But I mean, it really only kind of touched the sides. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, it it really, you know, just after I did that, it made 
even enough of a difference that it got me, you know, motivated and feeling great. And um, then I started kind of like looking at the rest of my house as well. Uh, And that's really how it started for me. How long did it take you then? If you, you know, was it a a work in progress? Did you um, do one room and then the next and then the next? Or did you just stumble across something that was frustrating you and you thought, right, time to clear this out? No, I got obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, you know, after the closet, I was like, wow, you know, what a difference. I feel great. Like this whole decluttering thing is like what I need to do. So um, yeah, I did move on and I did different rooms at a time um, Mm -hmm. in different areas of my home, like kind of one at a time. Um, But I just kept going with it. You know, I... um, I just naturally kind of said no, you know, to certain plans that maybe I would, I I would have said yes to before, um, just because I was so into it. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just, I I wanted the reward. I wanted it done. Like I'd kind of felt it in my closet. And so then the rest of my house started driving me crazy. So I just, uh, I just needed to really go for it. So I know you've got a husband. Where was he in all of this? And what were his thoughts about living with less? Because I'm guessing once you get into joint areas and stuff like that, it starts affecting him. If it was just contained to the closet, that's just you and your system and he might see the benefits of you being on time or whatever it is, but (laughs) when it spills into the rest of the house, it would start affecting him. So where was he on this whole journey of living with less? Yeah, that's a, a good question. He, you know what, like, I've asked him that since. And basically, what he has said is he just sort of noticed that things were starting to get like a lot neater and cleaner. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't missing anything. Uh, When I kind of and I'm talking about more like the common areas, like, you know, kitchen utensils and kitchen appliances and, you know, like decorative, like home decor, kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And I know that he wasn't like really big into having like a lot of like decor stuff anyway. So I think he was happy when that, uh, when that got cleared out. Yeah. Now he, it's, it would be a different story if we kind of got into like his own stuff, but my jazz, my husband, he's like really um, like a garage kind of a guy. Mm -hmm. He has like all of his, things that like he really likes and that he all of his hobbies and that kind of stuff are like kind of more in the garage which I don't have a lot uh, going on in there myself so it kind of gives him like his own space for the stuff that he likes so it like I haven't really said too much to him about that although I think that there's a lot of stuff in there that could go Um, Mm -hmm. I just kind of like try to uh, to let him have his own space but he has you know also said to me too that you know ever since like kind of getting into this lifestyle and you know he sees how like what a difference is it's made within the rest of our house um he does think a lot more about what he's gonna buy like he kind of thinks twice before he is gonna buy something and then he actually thinks through like where am I gonna put this you know if I do buy it so he's you know kind of made a few changes as well but he didn't give me a hard time about it or anything like that, uh, which mm-hmm. made it, you know, easy. But he just kind of saw the benefits of it. And, um, you know, like, and the, the other thing, too, I should say is that, like, I kind of included him in 
a lot of like the common area sort of things, especially like kitchen appliances and stuff that I know that he might use or that he had actually bought. Um, So Mm -hmm. I didn't actually like just kind of declutter things that, you know, were his. So that I think made a difference as well. If I had done that, then he might've had a different attitude about, uh, about the whole thing as well. So yeah, he's been pretty good overall about it. Yeah. I think partners and kids tend to, and I guess all of us would be the same in that, in that situation. If we are decluttering for them and, taking things that they own or they're invested in in some way and make the decision for them. People then tend to hold on to the other items they've got even tighter because they're worried about them being let go of without their permission and that kind of thing. And that's why, you know, Beck and I on the show all the time say that you should declutter with your kids, not for your kids. And I feel like partners are the same. And I will, in fact, I only had a scenario recently where I said to my husband, so talk to me about the golf clubs in the garage and he's like oh <laughs> is this your way of saying you want to declutter them and I was like well you've been talking about buying new ones for a while and they've sat there and I can't think of the last time you played golf and I'm like if we're if we're gonna if you're gonna buy new ones let's just sell these ones now so that we've got the space and then when you find the new ones you want you bring them into the space and he was like you can see that he knows what's coming. I'm not making the decision for him. I'm just starting the conversation. And I think he's heard it that many times now that he knows I wouldn't go and throw his stuff out, but he wouldn't necessarily walk into the garage, see the golf clubs and think, oh yeah, I should make room. I should let them go. So um, <laughs> I think after all these years, he's got used to it, but it's it's good that your husband has come on board, not felt too resistant and has kind of supported you, I guess, in your your journey. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I love that you said that. I mean, he, yeah, he like, he definitely needs like a gentle push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like we have, uh, it was a clothes steamer that's still in the box that we've had, I don't even know for as long as I can really recall. And uh, it, we still have it. It's still in our laundry room in the cabinet. But um, I and I'd brought it up a few times. And for some reason, he just like really wanted to hold on to this clothes steamer, which is like, sometimes the things that he wants to keep are just really surprised me. But um, finally, I brought it up again, probably this is maybe the third or fourth time I've mentioned it. And he has finally acknowledged that yes, it's still in the box, we haven't used it after several years, and it is now ready to go. So <laughs> small victory. Good job. <laughs> so were there any particular methods you used or systems you used to let go? I know some people will go through and look at things and say, have I used this in the last six months or have I used this in the last season or can I see myself using this in the next year? Do I love this? Do I use this? Do I need this? You know, they've got a set of questions they ask themselves as they go through. Did you have any kind of rules or systems in place or um, did you just kind of go for it willy-nilly when you were letting go of things? Um, I mean, at, when I first started, I mean, it was, it was pure chaos. You know, I was just angry. I call it like kind of the angry weekend. Like I was just angry, <laughs> wanted everything yep. gone. So I just started pulling stuff. There was no system at all. Um, but as I started kind of getting into it, I mean, I suppose like the actual like physical 
decluttering part. I mean, I would always just kind of instinctively like pull everything out of the space that um, I was working on. And then, you know, create your piles, your keep, donate, uh, recycle and, and toss piles. But as far as making decisions like that, I didn't really come into a system for that until quite a bit later. And I, I, I researched a little bit about it because I was having some issues, like mainly with decision fatigue. Like, you know, I'd be holding something and I couldn't decide whether or not, you know, I should keep it or let it go. And it was like a purely emotional decision. You know, I'd put it in the donate pile, but then like an hour later, I'd pull it out again, you know? So I was spending a lot of time. Um, I wasn't very efficient about it. Until I started kind of like as I got into, you know, more rounds of decluttering, learning a little bit more about, you know, minimalism and, and so on, you, you know, you do read a little bit about, uh, about different uh, systems and, and questions you can ask. So, um, so now I do like just kind of what you mentioned, you know, um, do I use this? Do I need this? Uh, do I love this? And then kind of the one that's worked best for me is does this align with the life? that I'm living right now? Like, does it fit my lifestyle or is it something from my past? So that, that one's really helped me a lot. Mm, I like that. I, I found, so I've, you know, been on my own journey, not necessarily with a destination in mind, but just loving the freedom of less and finding clarity and more joy and a lot, uh, finding it a lot easier to be calm and restful in my space when I have less stuff around, but it's been very organic kind of process. And quite often I find it easier to let things go after I revisit them. So you were talking about the hopping to and fro from, do I keep it? Do I let it go? Not sure. Getting stuck. And I think that's really common. So quite often the first time I contemplate letting something go, I feel this resistance, especially if it's something sentimental or maybe aspirational or it it might not align with the life that I've got, but it aligns with, with the life I want to have. And I think if I keep it, maybe I'll get there. So, um, you know, I'll hang on to things. But then quite often when I revisit or I come back, sometimes it's weeks later, sometimes it's months later, I find that it's easier to let go the second time, especially if I haven't used it or touched it or thought about it since the last time I saw it. Did you find that occasionally you had to revisit or resweep your home a second or third to take away an extra layer or things that had maybe passed the first test didn't pass the second test sometime later? Um, yeah, a thousand percent. Actually, I've got a, a fairly extreme experience when it comes to this so I mean like after I kind of went through and did that initial like I call it the epic purge you know when mm -hmm. I started off yeah definitely I would regularly revisit um, every area I think you have to practice kind of living with less so that you know you can do it mm -hmm. but probably about a year after I did that maybe maybe two years, my husband was offered a job opportunity, which was a, a relocation for us. So long story short, we ended up and it, we ended up moving about two hours away from where we lived before. And the house that we bought was like a complete renovation. So like it wasn't even like 
livable. There was some water damage and, and things like that. So it was, I call it the big gut. Like we had to like completely gut the house and, and redo mm. it before we could move back in. So we ended up living in our holiday trailer in, in our garage. Like it's a, a big garage for about six months with most of our belongings, like in boxes all around us lined up against all of the walls in the garage. So as you can imagine, like we only had the absolute like minimum of Mm -hmm. things that we would need for about six months accessible to us. So that really, I mean, mind you, like we weren't living a normal everyday life. You know, we were basically like just trying to get the renovations done as fast as possible. So we'd actually be able to move back in. So, Mm -hmm. but it really did show me like what we really need and what we really don't need. So, you know, even after kind of doing that purge initially, and then after even when I was packing for the move, I decluttered as well, I took that as as another opportunity to declutter. But when I started unpacking the boxes, like we moved in room by room. I mean, I let go of way more stuff, you know, just because I'd kind of like, proven to myself. And you know, jazz felt the same way that yeah, like we just didn't need all of it. Now, I mean, our house is similar in size to our old house, but even less stuff than than before. And we haven't missed anything. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right now. Back to the discussion. I love that you had such an extreme experience, but I think we don't even have to take it to that level. There's so much time. I've, you know, spent time staying away from home in Airbnbs and quite often my husband and I will talk about the Airbnb test when I am trying to cram another utensil into my utensil drawer. And I think I've lived and not just survived but thrived in Airbnbs where there's five utensils or maybe 10 utensils total. And you think, how am I going to do everything? But we are really clever at making do. And I think then when you apply that test to home and I go, okay, look, I can survive in an Airbnb without five different types of juicer or several sizes of whisk. Like what is this adding to my life? It's adding frustration, trying to jam all these things in the drawer. But am I getting any value out of it? And I think without moving into a camper for six months, you can still ask yourself the question of, could I live without this? And and would it serve me to have less? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Like, I think sometimes, you know, when we're buying kind of more stuff, we're, we're thinking it's to make life more convenient. You know, you think like the more options you have, the better. But really the opposite is true, you know, and as we talked about before, and like you just mentioned, you know, it's, you know, you kind of get to the line where it just becomes frustrating and, um, you know, takes your time and your energy and and everything else. When initially you're kind of thinking this is, you know, more convenient and better to have, to have more. So yeah, I love the Airbnb test. 
while you were on this journey, first time around or second time around, did you have any external help? Do you have people come in or any particular support? Or also, did you have any inspiration? Were there people you were looking to? Um, you would have been going through this pre-Marie Kondo, but I'm sure the minimalists were around. What was your inspiration? And did you get other people to help you or did you do it on your own? Um, well, I did it on my own and, um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't find any, any external help directly, but, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. The minimalists were around and actually that's sort of how I first kind of like connected decluttering with minimalism. Like I never really explored that topic before and I was kind of, you know, in, in this headspace and I saw an ad for, what we now, what I now know um, were the minimalists, but I had never heard of them before and they were going to be in our city. So, and they were, you know, kind of explaining like, you know, living with less and all the benefits of that and, and everything else. And I thought, oh, well, that's perfect. That's, you know, kind of exactly uh, the journey I'm on right now. So I, uh, I grabbed a couple of tickets and I actually brought my husband with me who had no idea what he was going to. Like we often, you know, go to different uh, theater shows and, uh, and live performances and things like that. So he didn't really think too much of it. So yeah, so we went to that and that was kind of my first like look into minimalism. And they did have the Netflix documentary at that point, but I hadn't seen it. So after I saw, saw them on stage, I went and, and I watched the, uh, the documentary. And yeah, they made a lot of, of really good points. And I, I did definitely like resonate with them. And I, I did feel inspired by them. But, like they, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, he like boxed up all of his, I guess I kind of did that anyways, as it turned out, but he boxed up yeah, all of that, his belongings. That, and that's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking when you said all your boxes <laughs> of stuff were lying around your walls of your garage. I thought that that's... Uh... Sounds Ryan's weird. packing party right there. Yeah, yeah, little did I know. I mean, I thought that was sounded pretty crazy. So uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't think I'd be doing that a few years later. But mm-hmm. it was a different different reason, I guess. But uh, but yeah, so, you know, definitely I took some inspiration from them. And then, um, and then you know, just kind of online, like on, you know, through Instagram and, um, you know, just Google searches and blogs and, and things like that. That's the thing, I think, about drawing inspiration externally Beck and I have talked at length about following accounts that are are perfect or that are you know setting you up for a fall because it creates unrealistic expectations and all this kind of stuff but the thing I love about some of the the pages and the blogs and stuff that I follow is just that it makes me think not you know some of the ways that minimalist live I feel it too extreme for me that doesn't fit me or my lifestyle it might not work for my kids and you know the way that we live our lives but it's just this amazing I guess insight into how other people can live do live happily and well with varying amounts of stuff and I think just the appreciation of it makes you rethink then what you're bringing into your house how you live and you know what that's that's half the goal as long as you can be intentional about the way you're living then you're definitely on a good path it's helpful for you so I think all this inspiration out there is great and if you take the right stuff out of it rather than feeling like you need to conform I must only have 77 things to 
fit into the box of being a minimalist or what you know whatever it is yeah um and you just use it for for general inspiration to live your life more intentionally I think there's a wealth of knowledge out there that's really really helpful yeah a thousand percent as long as you can put it into perspective like for what works for you then definitely and I think like you you kind of said like the the underlying intention I mean it's really the same but it looks different for, for everybody, you know, so like what you consider to be essential in your life is going to be different, you know, from, from anybody else. And really to me, like that's kind of what minimal minimalism is at its core, you know, just kind of like keeping what's essential and and letting go of the rest. And it's not going to be the same for anybody. So definitely not tied to an amount of, you know, an amount of, of things that you own for sure. So is that why you describe yourself as minimalish rather than a minimalist? Is it because you want to create, I guess, a more expansive room for people to feel like they can fit into this lifestyle without having to conform so tightly? Exactly. It, it, it takes the pressure off for me, you know. And I mean, I know logically this, it's not what minimal, minimalism, I wish I could say the word today, <laughs> is about. But I mean, it is a con- the connotation for a lot of people. And, it, and to me, like minimal-ish feels more approachable, not bound by, like we were saying, like a, a certain number of items to be a minimalist or, you know, living in a certain square footage or so on. So yeah, it just kind of felt a little, a little more approachable. And, and it just, it kind of felt better for me. And and I felt like it describes my lifestyle. So I love this idea of being minimalish rather than minimalist, and you allowing space and room in the concept for anyone and their needs. And, you know, the way their lifestyle works, because Recently, if you don't follow Shauna on Instagram, and we'll put all the links in the show notes, then you need to go and check out her account because there's some really fascinating stuff there, including back in about September, she was giving people a look through her house and some of the the rooms and the spaces in her home. And it was really fascinating. And I remember the one where you were showing us all your closet and talking us through And my initial reaction was, well, yes, you are minimalish, not minimalist, because in my head, a minimalist only wears black and white and gray. And I know that that's not (laughs) true, but we kind of have this characterization or generalization about what a minimalist is and how sparse their life is. And so when we see in your wardrobe and see that you've got a huge wardrobe, like a quite a big space, but you have a variety of clothes, you have a variety of colors, you have plenty of options that you're not really restricted. I think it allows people to embrace the lifestyle in whatever way suits them. So I think it's very accommodating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, kind of why I've adopted that, uh, that word for me, like that's compared to what I had before, it's so different. Mm -hmm. It's night and day. But if you were kind of looking in the closet thinking like, is this a minimalist's closet? No, you're absolutely right. It, it, it wouldn't seem that way. So it just kind of gives a little more room, um, in my mind anyway, to, uh, you know, to not feel that pressure. 
So when it came to actually letting go, were there any particular areas or things that you found really easy to part with? Um, I would say probably the easiest, um, would be like kind of strangely enough, the home decor and, and decorative kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, which you would think that, um, it's kind of like fun and similar to clothes almost like in that kind of fun shopping way. But yeah, no, I let go of that stuff. Like no issues at all. I was kind of, once I got it out of there, especially like in the living room, I had, um, you know, kind of like little statue kind of things and, you know, framed photos and, uh, you know, stuff on every surface. And once I removed a lot of that and actually had some, you know, clear surfaces, just the whole vibe in the room just changed so much. And I just felt so much more relaxed. So, yeah, so I had a a pretty easy time uh, getting rid of that, uh, that kind of stuff. So then on the flip side, was there anything that you really struggled with or had to revisit a few times that you found particularly hard to declutter or let go of? Yeah, definitely. Um, right away, I know that it is my office wardrobe. So, and I really just kind of let go of a lot of things from that particular like category of my wardrobe within the last six months or so that I'd been holding on to for a long time. So I've, I've put a little bit of thought into like why that was. I mean, the rest of my closet, like it's, that's an ongoing thing that I need to maintain and, and keep decluttering. So that's, that's great. And I've done a great job in, in most areas of it, but I was holding on to a lot of like my office stuff because it really represented, you know, sort of like my past life. I, like I mentioned before, like I, I worked in um, the recruitment industry, which is, you know, downtown offices and, and things like that. So, you know, I needed a, an off, like a, a, a really good office wardrobe. Since then, I've changed my career path and my lifestyle is a lot different. So now I work from home. Um, I run practically minimal, of course. And then I've also done freelance writing as well. So I do need to go into an office or, you know, sometimes into a client's home as well from time to time. But as far as like the office wardrobe into an office. So I do need like a couple things but certainly not, you know, a five day a week professional office wardrobe. So I think like my hesitation to let that go was really because it was connected to my earning potential. You know, that's mm-hmm. the way that I, I made my living for a lot of years. So by letting go of the clothes, like it, it's almost like a security kind of a thing. So, I mean, I haven't worked in an office five days a week for, you know, at least I don't know, three, three, maybe even four years on a full-time basis. So, you know, logically I know, like I, I don't need that wardrobe anymore, but, but yeah, I found it really hard to, uh, to let go of. If you had to put a figure on it for your entire house, how much stuff have you, what percentage have you let go of since you started? If you looked at everything that was in your home, before that angry weekend of wardrobe decluttering to now, are you 30% less? Are you 50% less? What do you think the figure would be? Um, yeah, 50% at least. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what what do you notice then? That's a, that's a huge amount. What do you notice? You mentioned um, the calming nature of not having so much 
decorative items and decor around in your home. What are the other benefits? Are you on time now? Is your time management better? I'm much better. I can't say that I'm always 100% on time now, but I mean, 90% of the time I'm on time. And if I am running late, it's not because I'm standing in a giant pile of like black blouses trying to find the right one, you know, so yeah, <laughs> definitely, um, definitely on time. But yeah, the biggest difference, I mean, you know what, overall, life is just easier. Time is, is a big difference. I have more of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, going back to really kind of how I got into to my whole kind of mess in the first place, I'm not obsessed with shopping anymore. And I spent a lot of time doing that you know, whether it was online or in the mall or whatever, or thinking about like what I should buy next. So I'm not, you know, spending my time doing that anymore. Also owning a lot of stuff is time consuming. Like, you know, you're, you're fixing it, you're cleaning it, you're like looking for stuff underneath the other stuff. Like it takes up your time. Yep. Um, Upkeep is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we don't really think when we're investing in something, we don't often think about we're investing our time in that as well, not just our money, right? So that's Mm. something that I've learned from all of this. Yeah, you know, just a a whole, it's just the whole vibe at home. Like I just, there's just a better energy here now. Like I'm not having that frustration, like coming from stuff, like losing something or running, you know, like you're running late because you can't find whatever your car keys or your your phone, you know, whatever you're looking for and just like it or being disorganized, you know, Mm. Um, so that, you know, that overwhelm, that frustration, like that's not happening anymore. So yeah, that would be where, where the biggest differences lie for me, for sure. And so how do you, you said you've been like this for about four-ish years. I've used the word ish so many times in this podcast now, I think (laughs) (laughs) you must be rubbing off on me. Um, how do you maintain it? So do you have an annual uh, declutter? Do you spring clean? Do you um, revisit a room once a year? Or are you do you maintain it at the point of purchase now and just not bring the stuff in? Um, yeah, a bit of both. Definitely I'm very intentional about what I buy. And, I mean, that was an issue for me before, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's not something I want to fall back into. So I've looked a lot at like why I was doing that (laughs) in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you always have to replace things like you, you know, you, you're always going to have to buy, buy something new. Um, So I just really like, you know, ask myself, like, why do I need this? You know, before I buy it, do I have something similar? You know, what am I going to use this for? And when, where am I going to put it? So just kind of running through kind of those types of questions before I actually commit to buying something new has made a big difference. And then as far as like maintaining the stuff I already have, yeah, definitely. Like every, like when I switch out my closet, like I do um, every fall and every spring, um, I do like a little decluttering of my closet, just things that I've noticed I haven't worn within that season. It probably means I'm not going to wear it next season as well. So um, I prove to myself that I don't need it. And I usually let go of, you know, a few things that way. Yeah. And then in the other areas of my home, I don't really have a certain schedule for it, but I just know, I just have the feeling like I just know when something's getting to be kind of too much again, or just needs a little organization. My office is a big example of that, like paper. Mm -hmm. 
I work from home, right? And then, of course, everybody has paper and, and documents coming into to your home quite regularly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and it's not fun. You know, paper is probably, I say it all the time, but it's like my least favorite thing to, to declutter. It is, there's nothing glamorous about it. It's not fun at all. It's just like, just a chore, you know? So I really have to force myself to, uh, to make sure that I'm dealing with all the paper. And I have a good system in place now, but that I, but you still have to maintain it. Right. So, yeah. So that's one thing that I really try to, uh, to keep an eye on, but otherwise if I just notice a drawer is feeling a little full, I'll just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pull everything out and see what can go. Yeah. You know? So you wait for those natural kind of rub points when something feels like it's becoming inconvenient and getting in the way. And that's your trigger then to, to sort it. Exactly. Brilliant. Shauna, I have loved talking to you. I find it completely fascinating the way that you live and the journey that you've been on. And I know that you, I mentioned before your Instagram account, that's where I got to know you and follow you and see all inside your junk drawer and your house and your closet (laughs) and all of that. So I would love you to tell everyone where else you hang out or where we can find you if we want to follow you and get some of your tips and tricks and inspiration going forward. Yeah, of course. Definitely on Instagram. I am practically minimal. I'm also on Facebook. Same thing. um, Practically minimal. And my website is uh, practicallyminimal.com. Very good. We will put the links to all of that in the show notes on our website. So if you haven't got a pen with you or you didn't catch that, head to our website and you can click on through and connect with Shauna that way. Thank you so much for all your inspiration today, Shauna. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation too. It's been a lot of fun. And we will catch you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.